The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another session here at um, the Kickpot Dojo. I am your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey, discussing and analyzing martial arts-based subjects, and highlighting martial artists past, present, and future. All right, so just to kind of clear things up, I hope the snow is done. I mean, I'm kind of sick of it. I mean, uh-huh. getting dropped. I mean, I don't want to get stuck in the street no more. But uh, but all bad stuff aside, I got a guest today. Um, of course, um, somebody that I know through um, competing. And of course, I fought him a couple times. Even I got knocked out by him, not, co- uh, not completely. <laughs> but of course, um, he, he did apologize for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm still good. I'm still up. Not <laughs> good. <laughs> but anyway, 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 other than being a 2012 world champion, um, he is also owner of, of his um, own dojo, um, the Karate Do um, Dojo, which is in um, Pennsylvania, if I'm not right. correct. All right, right here, here in Pennsylvania. Oh man, two hour drive. <laughs> All right, so let me, let me um, introduce everybody to um, Todd Helms. Um, so he decided to come and join me today and um, kind of um, talk about his story, his background about martial arts. So how are we doing over there? I am great. I just finished a, a great group fitness class, which is my, you know, my bread and butter karate. Uh, it's an 8 a.m. class at about 15 women. It was, it, was, it was excellent today. So I'm like, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go for, uh, for this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I did a... Um, um, a body combat um or workout this morning. I mean, I'm also training um like fitness too. So yeah, I mean, that's great. Yeah, so I, I'm also a fitness instructor too. So I know I can relate to like you can go out there teaching. So, yeah. Yes. So we're gonna talk about that later though. But okay. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get in the time machine. So no. I'm a, we're gonna go. We're gonna go straight up DeLorean. Right, All so right. That's that's my time machine right there. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I actually stepped in that time machine one time and I fell. I mean, that was so low to the ground. <laughs> but anyway, we're gonna go back in time before things got started for you with martial arts. So of course, yeah. I got the first question I got for you. Describe yourself before martial arts. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, I was only two, DJ. Uh, so. Uh, I, I got my black belt and I was trained for my father. So he started me off at a early, early age. He, he, he went to some professionals and some doctors um, here in Erie and he wanted to make sure it was safe to, to begin stretching. And, you know, at that time, you know, stretching and all that was, was very loose, loose uh, in terms of knowledge base. And he started that and, um, and that was in, you know, 1980, um, and he started teaching martial arts, um, and he he was in a, a, a close group net with uh, like Billy Blanks, and, and Billy Blanks originated here in Erie too. And so they were they were in the same martial arts uh, studio. They they can't they come from the the same uh, instructor, Master Tom Myers, and <clears throat> so he had me starting right off at two, and then by 80, 84, I was competing. Oh. 
man, 84. I mean, yeah. I, I wasn't even around in 84. I, I was yeah. I was just coming around yeah. in 85. So, yeah. Uh, and it's real nice that you are, like, are you, like, really close to Billy Blanks or you just, like, don't know him as well, but you, like, know him in general? Uh, well, not at this time. Time, not now, but like in the, you know, in the mid eighties and nineties, you know, he was, he was just coming up as, you know, one of the greatest sport karate fighters, you know, in the country, uh, you know, and he fought on team Atlantic and team Budweiser and, you know, he started right here. So I got to see him at all the local events. And then, you know, when I, when I got my black belt in 86 here in Erie, there was in junior black belt divisions and they didn't know how to handle it. You know, there were big traditionalists here in, here in Erie. So my dad knew that Billy was traveling. So we started to follow and travel with Billy to all the NASCAR tournaments down in, you know, like Lexington and Boston. And so I started to compete on a higher level and that's kind of where it took off with me. But, you know, I followed and, and watched and was inspired by Billy Blanks and my father, David Humes. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's like you pretty much you grew up with karate, so definitely it's for if it's with you forever. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, so it's real nice that you actually got to travel with um Billy Blanks, but this is before he got big with Taibo and everything. Oh, yeah, you know, and he and then he he had it, you know, he, he branched off and had his school here in Erie, and then you know, he went to Boston for a while and started a school there, and then he did movies, and then you know, with the LA thing, and then Taibo kind of. And, and that's kind of where we, you know, kind of like lost touch a little bit, you know, when he started the movies and he was in L.A. and everything like that. Um, but, I mean, I stay in touch with him and I, I follow all this stuff. And, you know, he uh, he mentions me once in a while on some of his uh, podcasts and some of his videos. So it's kind of nice to hear that, you know, especially the work that I put in here. And a lot of that was inspired from him and my, my dad. That's amazing. I mean. That, that's that's gonna be my one goal, my one dream. Actually, get him on my podcast. That'd be great. I've done a lot of his um type of workout. I still got the DVDs that I got. So when I was coming up with doing fitness, the DVDs or the VHS, I had both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I yeah I had the, both of them. I had the first the the VHS. I had like the beginner kind of um thing, yeah. and then like when I got the DVDs, this is like pretty much advanced. This is around the time I was like started diet and exercise i was like skinny so that that was like one of the things i usually do to for my structure for working out so that'll be the type yeah. of so that's my number one goal if billy blanks is hearing this i want him to be on my podcast we'll just put it out just put it out there and it'll happen oh, yeah. that's all you just, you just start you know you start where you are now and you start building and it'll happen you put it out there <laughs> yeah just believe in it yeah, I'm gonna tag him in every um episode. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, all right, so here you are in martial arts. So can you think you can remember your first lesson, like when you first started at two 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 years old? Yeah, all I remember is my dad saying stretch time, stretch time, and I'd be on my back and he'd take my legs and just, I mean, literally like twigs and just stretch them all the way out. And that's why I mean, literally back four, I mean, you know, a nice side kick, nice roundhouse kick, and that was at first that was. That was, you know, I was a big kata guy in, in the early, or the mid-80s and 90s before I became a fighter. And it was all, it all started right there, stretch time. So that's what I remember. I don't remember a specific lesson, but I remember stretch time. Yeah, that was like the main thing but for martial arts. I mean, you don't want to mess up those ligaments or those tendons. So you don't want to no. have to stretch, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I know how you mentioned Kata. You know, I'm more like attached to Kata now because you know when I, of course, train in my own style and I go to these tournaments like um, the Kumite Classics or the um, yeah. Internationals. You know, I actually watch people do their katas. And I was like, say these katas are similar to what I do, but they're like made differently. It's like that's something that I become attached to now. Sure. Yeah. All right. Right. So, of course, you are have your first lesson. So after you had your few lessons, what would you say your mindset was? So, of course, you were competing. Then would you say you were going to get a black belt? My mindset was always I wanted to be the best. My dad, my, you know, I, I watched Billy. I watched my dad. And I, I, he put that, he put that fire in me every day um, in terms of, you know, kind of how I teach now, like that mind and body, like knowing if I put in the work every day, because I know someone's out there training as hard as me. I got to train harder than that. And, and that was the mentality at age four or five. And, you know, I, you know, I, I think of that a lot. And I think that that's, that was the key to, to that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, can you, you, you train or how many black belts would you say you have right now? Uh, I mean, I mean, you, you mean in terms of, Students, black belts, or for myself? Well, yeah, for yourself, like. Well, I got my I got my first degree in March tenth, nineteen eighty six. So that was, you know, that's 30, 30, 30 some years ago. Um, but no, I'm a, I'm a seven degree in uh, American Taekwondo, and then in our side, I know I know your style is Kung Sudo, correct? Well, mostly uh, Tung Sudo or Chuck Norris system. So. Yes. All right. Yeah. So I, I have my black belts in Tung Sudo um, and originated from Tom Myers, but it, it came from, you know, like, like kind of like a version of like Unicorn and, and it was, it was very more uh, militaryized. And um, so then, you know, and then Billy came in with like the Taekwondo. So we adapted that. And then, you know, we went straight sport karate, you know, and then the last 15, 20 years uh, of my career, I've been just, you know, teaching freestyle sport karate. Yeah, so I think that's like getting them ready for like competition, like what we did when it was Smack International and the Kumite Classics. Yeah. So yeah, um, of course, um, when you do black belt testing, would you say when you tested in 1986, would you say that's different than how we test for black belt today? Okay, so I I do, and I I think I was more on that. Uh, like kind of like a personal training, more personable because he was my dad. Man, he was he was he was hard. I mean, a little different, you know. Thirty years later, with my dad and watching how he teaches now, um, but you know, it was it was more of a grind. And I think it was more of an old school mentality then, where you know you could you could be a little bit harder then. But he's my father, so he could he could be hard on me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was vigorous, and I I mean, I remember bits and pieces of my 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 first degree uh, test, and I mean, it was not just katas and not just um, fighting, and but it was more mental and you know uh, more static stretching capability of you know more discipline and more it was, it was just hard. It was it, I feel like it was harder then than it is now. Yeah, I can relate. I mean, I can remember all my black belt testing, like especially my last one, my fourth degree test. Yeah. That was a killer. I mean, they, of course, this this is my last physical test that I'm doing before I go for fifth degree. 
I mean, and then of course, fourth degree, they wasn't taking it easy on me at all. I mean, yeah. other than worrying about like um, the stuff that I was required with, they add on stuff like really, it's like, I wasn't expecting it, but you know, but I was ready for us. I was willing to do it. Even though yeah. I was like huffing, puffing like the big bad wolf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Nice. Uh, so you, you go out to Vegas for that every year? Is that how that works? Or is that something different? Well, if, uh, for like if we we're testing for like um like first uh, first degree to fourth degree, like now nowadays for first degree, we test in our own schools because oh, okay. we broke up in regions. Like right now, I'm in region eight, so we got okay. three schools. We got of course my school in New York, and we got a school in um well, there's another school in um West Virginia and one in Boston. So okay. if we're like testing for second hire, we have a choice of either like testing here or going to West Virginia or Boston. So my last test was in Boston and it was a heck of a ride driving like midnight to seven o'clock in the morning yeah. on Saturday and to actually doing the test and going back home. So, I mean, that felt like you did it, but you did it. Mm-hmm. You did it. And now I'm getting ready for a fifth degree, which is, uh, nice. of course, uh, I have to take um, two uh, master development series classes. And then from there, I go to Vegas. Once, up, once my, um, like my time is up, or should I say my, um, my requirements is done, I go to Vegas and get a black jacket. And after I do my performance with front Mr. Norris. Oh, yeah, nice. My, so that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so hopefully next year. I'll be going for master rank. So once I have everything nice. done, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. All right. All right. So conventions, um, other than the, um, the ones that I mentioned before the smack and, um, Kumite, is there any other um, tournaments that you went to? I mean, you know, I've been, so I, I've been on, uh, the, the professional karate commission, uh, United States, uh, team twice, you know, I've, I've competed overseas. I've been to Swansea, Wales, uh, multiple times. Uh, I've been to you know the Super Grands, which is the National Black Belt, and you know you know how that that moves around from uh, every year. So I've been I've been all you know I've been across the country. I've competed a lot of that, but you know one that stands out is the 2012 uh, National Black Belt League Super Grands, which was held at the Adams Mark in Buffalo, and that's where I won uh, you know men's super heavyweight uh, world title. Yeah. So that stands out the most for me. Yeah, I almost forgot about the Supergrams. I mean, yeah, Supergram. I don't think they're having that anymore, or, or they're just. No, they're, they're done. I, I think I think Boyce uh, Boyce Lidell, uh the president of the NBL, I think he was trying it out. Like uh, I think the year right before COVID hit, and he had it in his hometown, Jamestown, and uh, it didn't. I, I don't think it went over so well, and then COVID hit, and then it just shut it down. So I thought the NBL is dead. And I, well, a good thing I actually had the opportunity to actually go to one Supergram because, yeah, of course, yeah, I seen a picture that up on the wall. I think it was like a, a banner. I think. Yeah. yeah. The one in Buffalo? Yeah. They had, a, they had a, you know, quite a bit. And they had a, uh, Supergrams in Buffalo quite a bit. Yeah. The one, the one thing I hate about when um, the Supergrams comes here is that it always snows. It always does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really, it's like, should you go to, I was just like trying to debate, should I go to Buffalo and actually duck and dodge the traffic as well as the snow or just yeah. stay home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's always fun actually seeing those, uh, everybody compete. I mean, there's like. 
Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's universal. You know, you get to see so many different styles, so many different competitors, you know, that one love for that art and it, the passion behind it. And then the friendships, you know, that you get and the new ones and the old ones and that competitive level is always, you know, high, and especially whether it's NBA or PKC or NBA or NASCAR, you know, you're going to always have that, you know, that, uh, that, that friendship and, almost um it's almost like a family whether you see them once in you know once a month or once once a year once every 10 years yeah yeah and that's what i love about the um yeah those um conventions i mean especially with my convention i go to vegas i'm like i see different black belts and of course they yeah. know who i am because i'm i've been there a lot of times and i was hoping to get like most inspirational last year because that's uh, we kind of had those special awards, so I was nominated, but I didn't win. I mean, however, I did win um, a trip back to Vegas. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Then you won. Then you won. <laughs> right. Did you get um like cage fighting once in a while? Like M- I did. I, uh, yeah, I did. I actually had an MMA fight at uh, Kumite Classic one year. So I didn't. I didn't point fight the one year, and I did. A, I, I had a. I had a fight uh, in the cage. And I think it was called Cage Kumite, and it was the it was the night after the Kumite Classic ended. Okay. So like the nighttime finals, and they were already setting up, you know, the cage and everything. And yeah, so I had I had one amateur fight, and it was at Cage Kumite. Yeah, I mean, how just to test it out, just to see if I could do it, you know. I mean, not my cup of tea. I, you know, I like being on my feet. I like kicking. I like punching. I like moving. I don't like being on my back. I'll leave that to my brother, and you know he's great at it. But I, I like to stand. I like to be a stand-up guy. <laughs> oh, speaking of your brother, I see he's um a ch- been a champion of, on a sub- several occasions. Like, yeah, he's ridiculous. He's so good. You know, um, he was like uh, eleven or twelve. He uh, he got to go down to Carolina with me. I, I got him on a team, uh, and we it was like the PA team. It was like PA versus Carolina. Uh, Virginia and he kind of like wowed everyone and then I you know I I basically took him under my wing and we we trained night and day you know um, I saw it it was was raw which I love seeing someone that's raw and and you you mold that into greatness Uh, I think that that, that's the the best start is when you see someone raw but they have it you know and uh, he had it and you know two three years later we went out to California and he you know, he took like three world titles and that was his first, I don't even think he was rated. So he was like a wild card. So he had to fight all the way up. And from there on history, you know, he, he's got like eight or nine world titles. And now he's, now he's an MMA fighter. He's a professional MMA fighter and he's doing great in that. Man, I don't think I do MMA. That's why I do pro wrestling. It's, I mean, yeah. it may be scripted, but you know, definitely we take punishment too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's hard work. And you love it, and it's an art. Mm, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I wasn't too big of getting trophies when I was competing. You know, I'm lucky enough to get a trophy from each of the um, competitions I did. Of course, Kumite classes and um, smacks. So, I mean, I'm glad to get a trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't do too good with sparring. I'm not a fan of sparring. You know, I just did kata, and of course, I got <laughs> to do like um, actually do tricking or just say open um, competition. Yeah. I, listen, I can't believe you opened up with me not me knocking you out. I, you know, 
I, I still to this day felt bad from the moment that happened. So I apologize deeply from, from me to you, my man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it wasn't intentional. No, I'm used to No, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. I mean, I was just blitzing in. That's all. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a couple of points on you, though. You just got. Oh, yes. Said, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've been taking beatings all my life. So, I mean, I'm used to it. So, you know, I get, I get knocked down. I get back up. So that's the. Yeah. Concept. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right. So aside martial arts, uh, of course, we get we're going to get to your like fitness background. So All right. let's go to the beginning for that. Before you got had your um whole karate studio and your fitness um program, so what, what's the start of that? Like, really? um, you know, it kind of goes back to the whole thing we were talking about with Billy Blanks and just that love that I, you know I felt like I had so much to give and so much to offer, and at the same time, where was the market at, and where and how to do that, and. I was always big on, on myself in terms of intensity and figuring a way to be better internally and externally for me. So, so if I was doing that, how could I do that um, to other, to other people and to help people's lives? And I came across fitness, you know, this was in 2002, I started my fitness journey and what was, what was, the only way to do that was mixing what I loved and adding fitness. And then, you know, four or five years down the road, it, it slowly just started forming and building into what now is karate, you know, a mixture of group fitness, uh, personal fitness, circuit training, plyometrics, kickboxing, karate, boxing, that, that high intensity, the motivational, um, the way, uh, the mind, the body, way of life that I believe, um, what I breathe, and why can't I get all of that? So it took three or four years in the making, and and then poof, karate. Yeah, I can relate to that because, um, of course, um, of course, it sounds like the um, um let's see, uh, body combat. I mean, are you familiar with? Yes. Yeah, body- I am. Yep, I am. Yeah, it's like the, when the first um when I took the first class, like back in 2013, it's like. I can I can pretty much do this. I mean, this is like basically every martial arts style put in this workout. Yeah. And it wasn't until like 2016 I actually decided to go for training for like the by combat instructor. So two days mm-hmm. of um, at least doing the master class. That was the first day, and then of course learn how to be an instructor. And uh, it was it was a great experience. Yeah. The thing I hated is like um, I had to do like um, after the training I had to do like a video of me teaching. So it's right after, yeah. Yeah, in which I should have passed the first, but I didn't pass it, so I had to do it again. And luckily I passed it on Memorial Day, or not Memorial Day, uh, Labor Day. So right on Labor Day, I got certified like almost six years ago. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I'm going six years for being a body comics. That's great, man. Like I said, I was doing it this morning because it was a new release coming out, so I'm trying to learn that, at least get back to doing teaching because that was like, Something I really love to do. I mean, when I started becoming an instructor, man, not only I was teaching like where I was, um, like in my normal gym, world gym, I was teaching in like five other places. So I was yeah. pretty much the best at what I could do. So, yeah. yeah. You, you know, I, I want to touch base on something with the whole karate thing. So, I, you know, I had a lot of, of course, a lot of trial and error with it. 
you know, I, um, uh, outside of karate, I was the creator of Taekwodics. So I started with that. And this was, this was right in my, the beginning of my fitness uh, journey. Uh, I would teach, I created Taekwodics. So it's like, you know, Taekwondo in the water, karate in the water. And, you know, it was geared towards, you know, the elderly a little bit more for arthritis. Um, and then, you know, at the same time, I started training uh, students uh, you know, for that resistance, working on blitzing and working on kicking and working on balance and stretching and flexibility and all of that in the water. Um, so I, I started with that, but I just couldn't find the right mix. Um, so, you know, I had that and then I, I, I went through a couple different things with like personal training and, and it was like, uh, my calling is to bring a family together that, you know, clients that didn't know each other or didn't know each other all at one yet at the same time they could feel like it was personal training high intensity yet we're all in it together no matter what level you're in you can do it and so i i worked and worked and i really you know to my best capability mastered what i wanted out of karate what i wanted to provide to people I was trying to mention also doing um, List Mills. Of course, when my gym switched to Crunch, I had to be certified in AFA, of course. I think that's a substitution to like, uh, or should I say that's a alternate of what you do. What is that um, NASP that you do? The what? Uh, the NISM. Is your, that's what you're certified in? Oh, NASM. Yeah, NASM. Yeah, of course, I got AFA. I mean, of course, I had to do like a course, online course, and I had to do all these things like get yeah. certification. You know, yeah. I've kind of preferred like list mills or because you don't have to do any of those stuff. I mean, you just yeah. get certified. You're certified forever. But with AFA, you got to get certified every two years. For every two, yes. Every two, it's, well, you know, and I think that goes to that. And I think it's like state to state is different. Hmm. Right. Yeah, like usually for my certifications, it's two years. And then on the side, you know, you can take other courses and get points for those, for your, you know, for other certifications, whether it's, you know, like a cycling class or just a basic kickboxing class. I like to have those as well, just to have, you know, even though I have karate, um, I still, you know, if someone needs to, you know, look up my credentials, I want them to believe in me before they come to me. So at least I have those in my pocket. And of course, other than um, teaching um, cardio classes, yeah, because you teach regular martial arts, right? Um, as of right now, uh, that is my father's. Um, but actually, starting in September, I am launching my karate kids and my freestyle sport karate program uh, here, uh, where my dad actually is going to retire. We're keeping that hush hush right now, but I- I'm taking over his studio, so I'll be once again back at uh teaching martial arts yeah i mean i pretty much came attached to teaching martial arts at first i didn't want to be an instructor because you know you know it's kind of now i was in my shell i didn't like want to teach i didn't want to be in front of people but nowadays it's like yeah i'm like a i'm natural it's like i i create a show for these kids so that you know that's that's how i feel i feel like whether it's kids or whether it's my karate or fitness class, I feel like I want, I want people or I want my students, 
my clients, I want them to walk out and believe that they just experienced something one of a kind. And then when they come back, they'll get something different yet the same, like that intensity is there. It's so unique. It's so it's like, I want to put on a show. It's almost like, uh, you know, Maximus from Gladiator. Are you entertained? I want them not only to be entertained, but I want them to be blown away and they feel inspired to where they can bring someone else in and then I can help them change their lives as well. So, I, you know, I, I make every class, you know, I, you, as an instructor, you and I, I think we're very similar in that terms, like giving not only 100%, 110% and beyond. So people will come back and then you can inspire more. Yeah. I think my one goal is at least trying to get my students the black belt. So, luckily, yes. I mean, you know, you get them up to like that certain level, but you know, they end up quitting. And, you know, of course, it's, you know, it's not sometimes our fault but you know it's like how no. it's like economy it's like you can't pay for it but you know you you want to come back and at least at least get your black belt so yeah you know and i, I think the even though we're, we're talking about this and we're talking about you know i guess money and the economy and but i think the best word that you need as an instructor whether it's martial arts or fitness i, I truly believe empathy I think if you show care for each person, because each person is different. And I think we're in that business that you have to have that to, to be successful. I think empathy can go a long way. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. And, yeah. Cause we pretty much in that struggle. I mean, if we, we can't make up the money or at least pay for something, I mean, at least, we we have that same sympathy or we just try to figure out something. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're almost at the hidden dojo um segment of our interview. So here's the last one. What, what would you say, what's the inspire quote or inspirational quote with that would describe you? Oh, oh. All right. Well, this, this came a long time ago. <laughs> um, I originally thought it was from my dad. And then, you know, of course, after watching the movies, but um, <laughs> there's there's no tomorrow. Apollo Creed, Carl Weathers from Rocky Three. Yeah. Uh, um, my dad would drill that into me. There, there's no tomorrow. So I had to get the best training session that day, or there wasn't a tomorrow. So I, I stayed on that. So I made every day the best I could, just in case that there wasn't there was no tomorrow. So that that sticks with me to this day. I can relate. Now I got to go watch Rocky three now. Yeah. That's, that's one of my yeah. favorite Rockies. That and Rocky four. I mean, yeah. Hey, did you see the d- director's cut of Rocky four? Uh, you know what? I just, I just saw it uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was like blown away. It was almost like a different film. Yeah. Like seeing some, seeing some scenes, you know, after watching it for 20, 30 years and then seeing it in a different light, it, it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. I actually got to see the um, actual, um, Director's cut. I actually went to like a, a theater, and oh, was, nice. like before the show, it was like Sylvester Stallone having this interview, and then of course the movie show. And then, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, that, that was something else. Like really, it's like, like honestly, I'm I, like um used to the original because you know that's what I grew up with. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I pretty much got almost a soundtrack on my um playlist. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I actually there's about there's probably. 
four or five songs from Rocky Three and Rocky Four that I did musical kata to throughout my, you know, throughout the 90s. Yeah. Mostly it's a score, Mike. I mean, the songs are good, like I had a time. Oh, yeah. But the score is like him fighting Ivan Drago. And, oh, yeah. Um, score, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. We're at the Hidden um, Dojo segment of our interview, so... This is going to be a series of questions I'm going to ask um, Todd, and he's going to answer in his best of his ability. So here we go. The first question is, the best piece of advice you ever gotten, and who said it? All right, well, can I use the same answer? There is no tomorrow. Yeah. There you go. There's no tomorrow. All right. right, uh, Here's the next question. Usually people (laughs) don't get this one. Um, The worst piece of advice you ever gotten? There's none. Good or bad, you all learn, you, you learn from it. So you take it all in, and you take, whether it's bad advice, you take it in, and 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 I, I feel like you learn whether it's good or bad. So I, I truly don't. Um, I don't have. I'd say that uh, yeah, good or bad. There's there's no there's no bad advice. Uh, you just you take it and you learn from it and you build off of it. Oh, that's just like feelings. You have to fail. You have to succeed. You know, I think they work together. Yeah, that's fair. All right. All right. Guilty pleasure. How do you reward yourself? How do I reward my films? I love watching films. I'm a big film guy. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you got a lot of DVDs or at least some. I do. (laughs) I do. I do. I I have quite a bit of DVDs. I I have a nice DVD collection. Yeah, I'm trying to like minimize mine in the digital because I got like a digital converter. So yeah. yeah, I mean, so I can get rid of all these DVDs and have more room for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be drowned. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. What famous movie would you want to be in? <laughs> uh, uh, well, we we kind of touched on. I would say I would say Gladiator, just because you know, man, I would love to be Maximus. Yeah. Um, not what he went through, but the character. Yeah, um, you know, I feel I feel a part of me as Gladiator. Um, just what he, you know, what he had to go through, and then what he what he endured, and then what he what he conquered. Um, and you could you could take that um, in anything that you've done in life, and you know that goes too for Rocky as well. You know, oh, I. Those two would be great. Even though I'm not Italian, man, I would have loved to have been Rocky. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, those two. And then, of course, Batman. I'd love to be Batman. So I'll give you three. Gladiator, Rocky, and Batman. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Batman. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, like sure. be, I like to be the next Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, next Michael Keaton, Balan, Joker. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I grew up with that movie. That was that was the best mo- Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, you know that famous quote: "You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight?" <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was a good. One. All right, hidden talent. Or oh man, talent. my hidden talent. I love writing poetry. Oh, I'm a poetry guy. All right. Yeah. If you got a second, you mind if I uh, read a poem? Oh, go ahead. All right, well, this one goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about with martial arts. Uh, let me pull it up here. I mean, if you don't mind. Oh, we got time. All right, here we go. All right, this one's called I Am King. I am king. I am lion. 
inspired by a dragon forged from the battles of Lake Erie. Fueled by past kings, blanks, plowden, mafia's attack. I'm old, tired, scarred. My focus will not cease today. I'll protect my pride right here, right now. I stand on this rock one last time to conquer my destiny, my kingdom. Cross the oceans, roam the deserts, a moment to those fallen to my weapons. Stalk my prey, I pay respect. The ring, the opponent's prison, I will prevail. I am king. Yeah, sounds like a fighting king. It is, and it. Uh, I wrote this. Uh, I wrote this, and it was inspired by me winning the world title in 2012. I was getting ready to retire, and uh, the last guy I fought, uh, he was 18. You know, up on the stage, and I was 34. So at 34, you know, you, you're getting ready to go into senior division at 35. So I was, I was pretty much done with the adult division. It was my, you know, my last year of fighting as an adult. So I was. I was almost off that cliff and I looked at that, at that moment and I said, I was going to prevail. You know, I hadn't won a world title. Uh, will it elude me? Or will it not? And it, uh, you know, I came through with everything I had and, and finally won the world title. And so that, that's where that poem comes from. Man, I mean, speaking as like a instructor and as well as a fitness person, you know, I want to be a fighting soldier. I want to be a king, but a fighting soldier. So, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be standing behind my army. I want to be in front of them, fighting with them, and yeah. always have their back. So, nice. Yeah. So that's that's I love that. Like the sound of that quote, really. That was like wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was a good poem. Yeah. Just uh, fighting king. I am king. <laughs> I am king. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just say that in um, James Earl Jones' voice. I'll, I'll be saying that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, am I am king. I am king. I am king. Yeah, that's at least, that's at least my secret talent. I have a voice impersonation. Well, hey, that's that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good thing you have a podcast, you know. <laughs> All right, dream celebrity encounter. Ah, well, we've spoke of one, Sylvester Stallone. And I, I, would, I would deeply thank him because outside of my father, I was inspired by the Rockies and I was inspired by his story and I was inspired by his writing. And there were so many tournaments. You know, I, I competed every week. We would, like, we would... We'd be at a tournament Friday and Saturday, and then I'd be at another tournament on Sunday. And then Monday through Friday, my dad had me training. So the night before tournament, like Friday night or Thursday night, I mean, every tournament, I would be watching Rockies to light my fire, to inspire me. And that, that went all the way into the 90s. And to this day, I mean, it's still part of me. I had a gladiator a little bit to get me prepared and ready, but... He's done so much for my life um, in terms of inspiration. So, yeah, it would be him. And then the other one would be Bruce Lee. Um, you know, I went out to Seattle and I got to see, I got to see his grave. And it was, I never experienced that energy that I had there. I actually, uh, I gave Bruce my, uh, my original black belt. 
from 1986. And it was, it was one of the most rewarding uh, experiences of my life. Yeah. And the energy was all around. It, it was really amazing. Yeah. The fact that um, when you talk about Sylvester Stallone, like one person I would probably like to meet, of course, is Arch Enemy and Rocky Three, Mr. T. Yeah. Mr. T. Yeah, I'd like to at least meet him because, you know, I was watching like his interview with um, David Letterman as well as um, Larry King. You know, the way yeah. Larry King pretty much um, got my attention because he was like full of energy. He wanted to talk about like why he was Mr. T and of course why he. He's like, he's so committed to God. And then um, he says, that's the reason why I move forward because God gives me the willing to go. And he said he wanted to accomplish his goals. And one of his goals is saying that he wanted to buy his mother a house. And with all the accomplishments, he did that. He I made that. that goal. So that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much met pretty much all celebrities that I can meet, but Mr. T is probably one that I want to at least make the encounter with. Nice. Yeah. Hey, make it Oh, it'll happen. If he's in Las Vegas one day, I mean, I'd be surprised. I mean, uh, all right, here it is, the last one, last question. Ten years from now. Karateo Global. That's it. I want, I want Karateo um, being taught by other people uh, across, the, across the country, across, across the world, um, it's not quite like Taibo. It's not quite like body combat. I, I you know, I, I, I bring this, um, I bring, I, I feel like I bring this energy like no other and empathy is a big part of it. And I feel like there's a story to be told in each class and that's what makes it unique. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that that would be, that's my 10 year mark from right from today saying it right now 10 years from now i want i want it i want the whispers of karate globally yeah so there you're gonna make it a brand and pretty much the echo, yeah. the echo. yes uh, yes it, it, it will be a brand yes yeah i'll be surprised i'll be certified so yeah yes you'll be one of the first once we get rolling on that yeah <laughs> all right so before no, we no yeah. So before we kind of end this um, episode, uh, anything you'd like to say to listeners? Any shout outs you want to give the, out to people? You know, I, I would I would like to just say that you know whether you know you're an enthusiast or you're a martial artist or fitness, that stay true to who you are and live each day mind the body. Truly take in every moment um, and. You know, sometimes it's good to be selfish to worry about your internal self, and you know that's that's one of my uh, big big part of karate is mind the body. Just stay mind the body, and with that, it opens the door to everything to success yep. for you and for other people. If you you know if you fall in the lines of becoming an instructor. Um, you know, it's it's really rewarding to help other people, and then seeing those people help other people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's always a good goal. People yes. helping people out. So yeah, you hear that, listeners? Definitely take that to heart. Really reach out to somebody, help them out, and of course, they. It's a chain reaction. 
So you have that person help, the person helps you, they help other people. You know, that's how we live in the community. All right. So, okay. Thank you very much, Todd, for joining me today. So, of course, hopefully everything goes well for you, for your um company or for your um studio or for your program. So hopefully I can go down there and try it out. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. Hey, you're more than welcome to come down anytime you want. Right. So it's roughly two hour drive. I'm I'm used to two hour drives. Yeah, that. we could do that. Once it once the snow once the snow and the ice, we can get you in here and we'll roll it. You'll be my you'll be my guest. Oh yeah, I definitely I love a workout. Yeah, <laughs> right. sounds great. Okay, for those who are tuning into my um, podcast, uh, make sure you tune into my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll catch you next time for another episode here at the KickPod Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, bowing you out. Peace.